It's the Awake Space Astrology Podcast, and I'm Lori Rivers with you here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. And since we have a new moon this week, I really mean it because there is never a bad time to set intentions. There's just more artful ways of doing so. We're going to talk about that in the podcast. And you're probably going to notice it's a very Monday Monday. It's just another manic Monday. Yep, it's a manic Monday. Be careful on your commute. Hey, if I'm your co-pilot, I'm going to tell you, keep your eyes on the road today as the moon is starting to square off with Jupiter. Yes, it is also conjunct Venus. And that means we're going to get some interesting news about some rich people stuff. Uh, remember, we only hear about recessions when it starts hitting them. We've been in a long-term depression economically for a long time but that doesn't mean you can't do better i know it's hard but uh it's actually starting to hit the 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 rich in the pocketbook and so we'll hear more about that in the news this monday the 11th of september and of course it is an anniversary date that a lot of people look at and uh, I'm probably not going to talk about that here on the podcast. I have my own particular reasons. I talked about that in the Crunch Report. It is a sensitive time of year, is it not? If you live outside of the United States, and I know we have people tuning in from 68 countries, I want to thank you. Um, keep your eye out on the weather. If you can access weather apps or information online about the weather, keep your eye on it. All over the world, the weather is going to be a little nuts. So, and that is moving throughout the week. We could see temperature spikes. We could see temperature dips. We could see big wind brewing. We could see seismic activity increasing. I know we have listeners in Morocco, by the way, and um, I, I'm so very saddened by the the damage and the loss of life in Morocco by the earthquake. Um, earthquakes are just terribly difficult to predict, but I do believe we'll see um, an increase in seismic activity globally this week as well, especially as we move in closer to that new moon. And I'll talk a little bit about that as I talk about the new moon on this episode. Uh, we're going to do another shout out for the littles because, you know, they're listening into Auntie Lori. We'll try to watch her potty mouth. Um, this is a show for grownups, but... You know, we got to think of the littles. How else do we get new astrologers coming up, right? Got to start them young. Uh, what else is coming up? Um, <laughs> Mercury goes direct. If you've had a Mercury retrograde, retrograde, uh, just know that Mercury stations on the 15th. And we'll talk a little bit about that too. And how you can use the next five days to your advantage 
this is still as much as the energy is ramping up and it is a crunchy week folks um it's still it's still the better part of 2023 this has been the calmest we'll have pretty much for the rest of the year the energy keeps ramping up because we have an eclipse next month well we have a solar and a lunar eclipse in october and all sorts of exciting things and from pretty much the new moon through the rest of september things get heated up both emotionally and and intensifying in the energy so if you're sensitive this is the time to really work on your focus okay and and yes you can yes you can take it from somebody with a really busy mind you can focus it just takes practice and there's not a one size fits all option we'll talk about that too plus we'll have our patron shout outs our astrology q a and uh Mercury retrograde got me. So I was going to interview McKinsey for the podcast this week and that did not happen. Um, we are in different time zones and different schedules and time just slipped through my fingers. So, uh, we're going to do our best to get McKinsey on, um, to interview her for next week's podcast. All right, let's get started. Let's talk about what's coming up, heading into the new moon. All right, heading into the new moon and how to best prepare for the new moon. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about the new moon. How's that? Now, if we're on our way to work, my Starbucks order is currently a Trenta Vanilla Sweet Cream Cold Brew. Um, I'm, I'm just really in love with that Vanilla Sweet Cream. It, it's really tasty if you haven't had it just saying i'm not a big pumpkin pumpkin spice girl i'm just just kind of not um love a good chai though and i look forward to the temperatures dropping here in southern california so i can go back to drinking my hot drinks all right <clears throat> all righty let's talk about that new moon crunch meter starts picking back up starting today monday um watch watch your commutes east coast you know this comes out about the time a lot of people are leaving for work or getting up and getting ready to leave for work if you're on the west coast you need to watch the commute as well because that moon is moving into a, a square with Jupiter. Now, we may hear more about what's been going on in Maui, but I have a funny feeling that, you know, and yes, the Kilauea, you know, volcano started erupting. We'll probably hear more about that. Um, there'll probably be some more volcanic action happening. Uh, let me take a look at the chart. I, I think beyond Hawaii, because that's already, it's a very active volcano. Um, I think we may actually see some other stuff get started. Um, let's see. I wanted to get this into the West Coast time zone. I know I've got a lot of you East Coasties who listen in, but I got to cover the West Coast because A, I live here. <laughs> 
And we get ignored a lot of the time. I mean, yes, California gets covered, but Pacific Northwest often does not because it has a smaller population base. So to all my friends in the PNW, hey there. You can take the girl out of the Northwest, but you can't take the Northwest out of the girl. All right, I'm looking at... I think we're going to start to see some crunchy headlines start to fly for events happening um, about, it'll probably start around 6.55 a.m. Pacific, 9.55 Eastern. You may start to see some wonky traffic about then, Um, but also... Yeah, East Coast. There's going to be some weird stuff. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if if there isn't ah, some domestic violence or disputes. It could be over evictions. It could be over housing. It could be banking. It could be the stock market even. Um, especially now as Mars and and... Venus are in a sextile. No, that does not mean they're doing something naughty. It's a 60 degree angle. Okay. You should see what AI does to it when, when it's making transcripts and I say the word sextile because it does not, (laughs) does not turn out as the word is spelled. All right. Um, Oh, I'm supposed to give coffee snort alerts. Careful drinking coffee because the moon's in Leo and I get silly when the moon's in Leo. Um, yeah, I think we're going to hear about a high profile person. This could be a politician. It could be, uh, you know, um, somebody with power, somebody with power or somebody who has had power. Um, definitely could be seeing some interesting shenanigans coming out with that. Uh, This could be Trump news. We could hear some filings about some filings or we could have just rumors on the street could be flying about Trump Uh, because the moon's moving through his 12th house. It's not going to be Monday is not a fun day for him, nor nor is Tuesday. Tuesday is probably the worst day for Trump. And you know, you know how I am about schadenfreude. I'm all for it. So, um, especially people who who deserve it. Um, Mercury is still retrograde. It, however, is, uh, it's actually trying Jupiter retrograde right now. Oh my, my app doesn't show that probably because it's separating, but it's still in a train. So watch your emails, folks, watch your responses to people, check your spelling because your mistakes will be good ones. Kind of like how AI catches sextile and makes it sextile. Yeah. Instead of one word, it makes it two. Yeah. You've got good imaginations. Go for it. Um, it's, it's interesting folks. It is. Um, we're just past the midpoint of Virgo season as well. So we've got the sun in the final decan 
of Virgo, which gives it a Taurus-like element. We might hear about antiquities and art. The sun is trying Uranus retrograde. It is also trying Jupiter retrograde. Uh, that's making things somewhat interesting. So, uh, it's a dicey day, Monday. And then Tuesday is very disruptive. Now, this doesn't have to... This doesn't have to get you personally. Unless you've been personally impacted by events. Um, this is a really good time to focus on getting ready for the new moon. Okay. So things you can do for this Virgo new moon that happens in the final decan of Virgo is you can clean out your pantry. You could clean out your closet. You could clean the house. You know, it's still a Virgo. Um, this would be like getting rid of clothes that don't fit, getting rid of, um, or putting them in the rag pile or donating them. This could be making sure you have what you need for the winter months. Um, later in the week, I expect the weather to be very, very dicey, um, up and down the East coast. Yes, Florida, you're part of the East coast. I get asked that all the time. I'll say east of the Rockies and people come into my live streams and go, what about Florida? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you're, you're east of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> oh, guys, maps, maps. I know we all use GPS, but maps. Okay, Rocky Mountains go from Canada to just about the southern border of the United States. If you're east of that east of the Rockies. So weather is going to be a factor. We might see on uh, late on Monday, moving into Tuesday, we could see electrical storms. We could see tornadoes. We could see um, tropical depressions gathering speed. Um, no, I'm not talking about the current hurricane. We could see some new stuff brewing. Um, maybe in the Caribbean. Um certainly out in the Atlantic, there could be some more stuff going. I haven't really looked. I looked at Hurricane Lee. I don't think that's going to hit the United States. Um, and the astrology didn't really show it. And then I went and I looked at some weather models. Yeah, it's not cheating to do that. I, that's how we keep continual practice on directions because it, it is dicey to predict weather and, and earthquakes. <laughs> and so studying things helps with directions. Um, and trying to help people. Asia's getting hit. And this could be financial markets. It could do with, uh, we might hear about minerals as much as we hear about antiquities and art. I think there's going to be more celebrity issues and not just the Masterson's issue and, and the faux apologies and the, how dare you accuse us? Um, yeah. Um, I really appreciated Christina Ricci's comments. I did. I don't know if you haven't heard about that. Uh, you might want to look it up, but yeah, we'll probably hear more celebrity matters. Um, it's going to be a very active 
active news cycle Monday and Tuesday. Um, watch if, if you're into reading the news. There's going to be, of course, because it's the 9-11 anniversary, you're going to see a lot of 9-11 stories. What has happened for the last 23 years is other important news that they don't want an uproar about can sometimes be released under the radar because of the focus on 9-11. I know that makes me sound like a nut job, but it, it's actually something that gets done with big events is they'll slide stories out kind of to distri- you know, to keep it's out, you know, they, nobody can say there's withholding of information, but it, <laughs> it, nobody's paying attention. So it just slides under the radar. So keep your eye out on the headlines, you know? So if you see anything interesting, um, keep your eye on that. Uh, yeah, Mars continues to tighten that square with Venus, um, which makes for some fun romantically, not gonna lie, you know, Mars in Libra, Venus in Leo, if you're in a dating relationship and it's reasonable, you could, you could have some fun times this week. Um, I know, you're like, what, what are you talking about romance? What, why? speaking of distraction techniques um mostly because i think there's gonna be some shitty things happen this week we still have uranus and pluto in a trine um and of course the nodes are squaring off with pluto so we're still in historic times so it's a little it's a little discombobulating this week again it's a good time to prep for the winter months. I'd actually start getting prepped for the holidays. Speaking of the holidays, guess what I get to do? I get to order the first bulk order of the Call of Gaia cards and board, because it comes with a board, like a game board. So you can lay your cards out and, and experience the whole of yourself and your various parts through the birthing tree. No, it is not the tree of life. It is the birthing tree. It's an esoteric view of astrology and uh, the artist Taryn, Taryn and I talked about that today. I'll talk about that a little bit later at the end of the podcast if you want to know more, which means somebody has to get busy building a website. Oh wait, that's somebody's me. Why am I building my own websites? Well, it's Mercury retrograde, and this is a previously begun project, so we're tidying up loose ends. And also, every damn time I've ever hired someone to to build something for me in the past, I'm not talking about, well, actually, (laughs) even woke astrology, I'm still working on that. Um, When I hired somebody back in 2021, oh my God, I hired a company that had good reviews right? And they messed up my website. Um, so I have a history. I have a strong vibration in that direction. So we're just going to fix it. Um, but I look forward to having the site up and I've got some fun little bits of code. Hopefully I can put in Been playing around with some potential code. 
I know. What doesn't she do? I can't dance, guys. I'm, I'm a good dancer on the dance floor at a discotheque, but I can't do, like, coordinated dancing. I can dance like an unfettered and free Muppet, as I am. But I, I'm not good at, like, TikTok dances and stuff like that. No, no coordination. You tell me left, I'll go right. You tell me right, I'll go left. If you tell me forward, I go back. It's I push when you're supposed to pull the door. It doesn't go down well. So it's a wild week, my friends. That's right. I was trying to distract you away from that. Um, this new moon is, is an interesting new moon. And it's a powerful new moon. It's a powerful new moon. It offers a lot of potential. And it isn't really a fight between reality and fantasy. Not really. You might feel conflicted like that moving towards it. But it really offers us a chance to create from from an innovative space with existing structures and habits. So I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, I'll talk about that after I do some patron shout outs. We're going to do the patron shout outs. Um, and then we're going to do the littles. Got some littles to mention and talk to. Okay. And, uh, then we will talk about that new moon. Why did I do the littles? Because some of these guys have grown up with me. Like Charlotte. Yeah. She was just a wee baby when I started the podcast. Now she's becoming a big girl. And there's other wee ones and not so wee ones who have been growing up with me. And I am a cancer and I'm a mama. And I believe in really supporting, encouraging, and acknowledging our young people. I think if we're going to have a better world, we got to create it right here and right now. And that is something the new moon gives a lot of energy towards if we put our focus there. All right, let's do some patron shout outs and then we'll get to the littles and we'll talk more about what that new moon is bringing us. Music. I do, I do, I love that music. And it's time to thank our newest patrons. I'm very excited about that. I uh, want to thank Jade, Bay, Michelle, Eli, or Ellie, uh, Sarah, Irene, Mike, C, Juliana, Marguerite, Marguerite, uh, Kristen, sorry, I almost said Kirsten. Kirsten's my BFF. Kristen, Paula, Christy, Nancy, Angela, Gabriella, Emily, Jessica, Katrina, Lene, Sarah, Alma, Deborah, and Marilyn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Crunch Report came out. 
got the horoscope pages out every week. I put out new horoscope pages to give you more planning. There's a little, I changed the graphic for the moon and the days so you could write notes and put a little spot for you to write down your new moon affirmations. Remember the monthly planner comes with new moon affirmations for every rising sign. And we'll talk a little bit more about the new moon and and how we set our intentions and talk about ourselves and to ourselves. That's all part of it. We'll talk about manifesting in this episode as well. I think it's so important because there's a lot of bogus information put out by charlatans online. And as I always tell you, you're always manifesting. Always. Doesn't mean you create all the bum, horrible stuff that happens in life. That That's not it. But it, we manifest through focus and we can do it unconsciously, which has mixed results, or we can do it really consciously. And so this is a really good new moon to get very focused for because it offers us a lot of hope. So we'll talk about that a little more. Um, I have not got my schedule classes up because, well, because I don't. I don't. I've, I've been working a lot and I have to get that set up. I hope by Tuesday evening I have everything set up. because Monday and Tuesdays are technically my days off. I, I changed, I got rid of, um, I got rid of the group reading on Tuesdays because that just didn't seem to work for people but we do have woke astrology reading you to filth coming out I'll get a notice to patrons where you save extra dollars on that and have a chance to be read by myself and the astrologers it's super fun we read you to filth we don't embarrass you we have respect we have ethics but it is super fun and it's really fun for everybody who attends so that's coming up this month and we will get that into a patron message. But uh, I feel like talking to some littles right now. And I have a special message. And if you're not a little, you can still listen. Because it's, it's still good info. Let's get to that. Mateo, who sings Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star when they listen to the podcast. And another shout out to another Mateo and Marina. You know, I like to sing. I've sung since I was a little girl. And I really loved Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star when I was little. Maybe that was a sign I was going to be an astrologer. I don't know. You know, sometimes 
we can feel lots of big feelings or, or worry a little bit, you know, even when we're kids and grownups think kids don't worry about things. But I remember being a kid and sometimes I would get grouchy or concerned about stuff. And there's a couple of things I learned to do to make myself feel better. And one of those was talking to somebody I trusted, a grown-up, often my mom or my dad or a teacher, and sometimes a big cousin. I didn't have a big sister. I was the big sister. So I would talk to my big cousins or my mom if I was worried. Maybe I thought, you know, there was stuff under my bed before I went to sleep, or maybe I'd seen a TV show that bothered me, or maybe I was just worried about the grown-ups around me. And one of the things I learned, because I watched Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, and they both had a really good thing to do when you worried, they would say to be creative. Because worry is like using your imagination. There might be stuff going on, but we don't have all the information. So of course we're going to worry about it, but we can use our imagination to also think into good things. And it doesn't mean we have to pretend nothing is going on, but we can always look on the bright side or we can talk to ourselves about the possible good things that can come around. And maybe none of that seems very realistic, but neither is the worrying when we don't have all the information either. See? And so sometimes just even thinking about it too much is a lot, especially when we're little. So being creative, like singing a song, or doing some artwork, or drawing with chalk, not on the walls, but like on the sidewalk, if it's still good weather, and with grown-up permission, or coloring in a coloring book, or just maybe dancing to some music, is a way to let out some of that build up energy for when we don't have all the information and or we just feel weird about stuff right because sometimes sometimes we hear grown-ups talking and sometimes we know things are serious but we don't understand them and so it's not fun to feel that way is it not really i don't like to feel that way as a grown-up so this week, if you feel a lot of feelings and you can't really put your finger on why, or if you're worried about something, absolutely talk to somebody you feel safe talking to, a grown up. But maybe sing a song. Maybe draw some pictures. Maybe read a book or look at pictures or do a funny dance, do something creative, do something that feels good, like coloring or playing with Play-Doh or playing with race cars. I loved race cars when I was a little girl or 
Reading a book. I really loved reading books when I was a little girl. I'd read about faraway places with strange sounding names and adventures. And then I went on to live them as a grown up. Sometimes we have big feelings and that's okay too. But worry, oh, worry is just putting our imagination to work in ways that can kind of make us tired. So if there's stuff you need to talk to a grown-up about, absolutely. And then maybe ask them to sing a song or color or play a game or dance. It's just a way to feel a little bit better. Because again, worrying is using our imagination in a way that doesn't really help us out. But using our imagination in a way that feels good and helps us feel better about how we are right now. That's a really neat thing to do. Thank you for listening and have a really good week. That brought back some memories. I thought of singing that song just as I was recording that. And um, I can't believe I got through it without being misty-eyed because it it, um, it is a song I used to sing to soothe myself as a little girl. It made me feel better. All righty. Let's talk about how to make the most out of this new moon. Wishing on stars and making magic and understanding that reality and fantasy aren't that far apart. They aren't, they're really not that far apart. Think about it. If you are old enough to remember life without smartphones, okay, life without iPhones in particular, then you have witnessed fantasy becoming a reality. In fact, did you know that the cell phone was invented because of people watching Star Trek, the original series, and they had this thing called a tricorder, which was like a multi-device that also was a communicator. And that was the inspiration for the first cell phones. For real, for real. So it came from fantasy, science fiction, and it became real. If you can dream it, you can do it. If you can think it, it can be. Now, I know immediately somebody says, what about intrusive thoughts? Well, I'm not, we don't really manifest the bad things that happen to us, you know, not, not in the details. But if we're used to looking in a certain direction, if we're used to having our attention in a certain space, if we're used to not noticing the silver linings, not looking at what's actually going right and what the possible rightnesses in life can be, then all we're going to see are the gloomy clouds and the, and the gray days, right? 
And so manifest actually means to reveal. I know I give this lecture every new moon, <laughs> but if I gonna drive a message home, I'm gonna drive a message home. And that is, it means to reveal. And you can only see what's being revealed by looking, by looking. There's rainbows all the time, but people don't notice them because they're looking down at their feet or over their shoulder, or they're in the wrong angle, or they're inside all day, not looking out windows. Doesn't mean the rainbow isn't there. And so too are the things we're looking forward to in life. Now, here's a caveat. One of the ways people go really, really wrong is when they hear from, you know, law of attraction people or manifestation experts or gurus or what have you, and they hear you have to be crystal clear. They think that means you have to be super duper detailed. You know, like if you're imagining that that special person, you have to know how many you know hairs are on their head or what kind of I don't know um, thread count they have on their sheets, and in in order to manifest it, and that's actually not how it works. It isn't. We manifest through being clear about how we want to feel. So when we're trying to get a certain, I wouldn't even limit to a certain amount of money. You know, some, you know, cause sometimes, um, we imagine that a certain amount of money. And I wrote the, about this on Patreon when I threw out the horoscopes, um, and the, the planner because I wrote a little bit about these things in there. Um, and so often we expect this one way, this one route that can only be one guy, one gal, one them, one friend, um, one kind of love, one type of car, one kind of house. And there's this only thing and it's only that will do. Only that will do. And that's why it's elusive. You've just narrowed your odds into something really, really difficult to achieve. And I like better odds. Okay. So what would it feel like to have a job you enjoyed? What would it be like to want to do this commute with me in the morning? What would it be like to enjoy your just everyday schedule? What would it feel like to go buy groceries and just kind of get whatever you wanted without having to think about it, without having to worry about things being expensive or not expensive? What if you just could go buy what you wanted? What would it feel like? You know, just imagine, don't imagine and then think, oh, well, I don't have a fat chance for me. Well, you just go and cut that off. You want to imagine what it's like to feel that relaxed. 
And that can be a toughie if you've if you've had other experiences that that were the opposite of that, right? But just like I was talking about with the littles, when you're worrying, when you're, you know, um, projecting out and trying to sense the future, when you're catastrophizing, you're using your imagination every bit as much as you could use your imagination for the good stuff. You say, but Lori, more bad stuff than good stuff has happened to me. And I'm going to say, well, that's because you've mostly paid attention to the bad stuff because it gets our attention easier. I'm going to say for every tragedy in the news, for every strange event, there are millions of good things happening. There's little small acts of kindness all over the world, every single moment of every day. But we don't hear about that because it doesn't get our attention. The moon in Virgo, opposite Neptune, isn't a clash between reality and fantasy. Not at all. It's asking us to direct our imaginations into crafting a different reality. And on a personal level, you guys know what's coming, right? On a personal level, you can have a great day. On a personal level, this is where you can use your imagination to craft and create viable ideas and solutions to make things better, right? That's how you can do that. You can craft and create solutions to give yourself more ease, give yourself more structure. You can set intentions to practice focusing. You don't have to focus for 20 minutes. You can focus for a minute or two minutes. You build up to it. It's like weight training. You don't start out with 100 pounds. Hell, I'm about to start getting in shape. And I'm not even going to start with five pounds. I'm going to start with three pound, you know, dumbbells because I'm out of shape. And if I were to try to be overly ambitious with a weight right now, I'd hurt myself. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. It's important to practice. So if you're in dire straits, it is important to focus our attention on what we want. But if we focus outside of what we believe is possible, it doesn't, it doesn't help us. When I work with people around money issues, okay, when I help people confront their money issues or, or help solve the relationship with money, I'm not real fond of the term, you know, relationship with money because money is an inanimate object, right? A relationship with your own sense of security, sure. Okay. But money is an inanimate object. So when I help people deal with their money issues, I say, imagine more than you've got until you start to feel uncomfortable. So if somebody makes, a, you know, 1500 bucks a month, think about money that would be, be helpful until you feel uncomfortable. So is it 2000 a month, 2500 a month, 
5,000 a month, 8,000 a month. When it starts to get uncomfortable, stop. Don't push past that. And just play with it for a little bit. Just sit with it at the point where it just just starts to feel like "Mm, that's probably not going to happen. And again, that could be 2,000 bucks. It could be 1,000 bucks. It could be 500 bucks. It depends on where you're at. Depends on how old you are. It depends on your experience. It depends upon your life experience. It could. One of the things I learned as a college kid who was very, very broke was that the beginning of the month when I got paid, I felt rich. Even if I didn't have a ton of money, but I felt flush. I could go get some takeout instead of cooking for myself. I could buy my groceries and buy the food I like to eat. And 10 pence or the equivalent of a dime didn't feel like very much money at all. It's just a dime, just a penny, just a 50, you know, or well, 50 pence, but here would be like a quarter, you know, that, that was just chump change, but I'd put it in a jar. Let me tell you by the end of the month, that that 10 pence or a dime, right? That small amount of money seemed like a fortune when I was trying to figure out how I was going to make it through the week at the end of the month. It's relative. It's relative to where you are and it's relative to your experience. And what helps and what helped me overcome my own issues with money is I disenfranchised myself pretty hard after working for multinationals and seeing kind of the uglier side of life, especially in the developing world and how people get exploited. One of the ways I overcame that, and it took a long time, because trust me, when you, when you consciously create a block, <laughs> it's harder to undo than when you, it's an unconscious block. Um, I learned over time and a lot of practice, and it took years. It, it wasn't something I mastered in like six months. This was something that I took, oh gosh, it was like three solid years of practice, like hard practice. And then another hmm, I did a reset in 2017. So yeah, it's probably like six, seven years total because I did a, a financial reset on purpose also, but it helped me build forward. I don't suggest it to the uninitiated. However, learning to carry that flush feeling, no matter what, having it not be conditional on how much money I had or didn't have. That's a trick. And it's really a trick when you have kids. Okay, that that's when you have kids that that's like master's level work. And trust me, I, I my kids were not adults when I started that journey. <laughs> Ooh, mastery. Um, but if you can try to hold the feeling of 
being relaxed, being at ease, being at peace, and understanding there's a practical application here. There's a system that can be birthed, and it doesn't have to be about money. It could be about a job. It could be about a relationship. Depends on where Virgo is falling in your natal chart and 23 degrees Virgo, to be exact, because that's where that new moon is going to happen. And patrons, you get your special patron-only podcast with how to set your intentions because that's what we do. We're going to set our intentions. And you've got the affirmations if you get the horoscopes. Saying those affirmations um, every day leading up to the new moon will help massage the feeling space, which helps us manifest. Now, don't expect... Because the the new moon happens kind of like, I don't know, midday or something. I'll look at it in a minute. Um, Don't expect if you set your intentions that night that you wake up and you've won the lottery or you suddenly get a new job or your boss leaves the one that you don't like um, or that headache client goes away. It may not work that fast. It depends. You might have some miracles because mercury stations the next day um it might take some time it might take until next year so you want to that's why i'm giving you guys the planners now patrons so you can write these things down and you have a record of it so you can look at the virgo full moon when the sun is in pisces in 2024 and when things show up and that the bigger step, the things that take more time to mature, when that stuff shows up, you'll be like, oh, whoa, I did manifest that. Because I think so often we're so unconscious about our thoughts and our desires and, and the things we, we need in life. We'll focus on one or two things and then we forget those little, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? Or wouldn't it be fun to do that? Oh, I'd like to, you know, I I don't know how many of you have done this. Like, I'd like to start a podcast. Yeah. Little light thought. That's how I ended up channeling. I never once thought, oh, I would like to be a guru and a channel. I've always known I was a teacher. That's part of who I am. It's not a wannabe. I am a teacher. I'll teach anything I know to anybody. But with channeling, I my mentor channeled, and I was like, no, that would be cool. And I left it there. I didn't think three things about it. I didn't study it. I didn't research the hell out of it like I normally would most things. Not at all. I just thought, oh, that'd be cool. And not a year and a half. And what's weird is I do remember thinking that would be cool. I remember where I was sitting. I remember when it happened. And I honestly even remember turning my attention away from it. Because it, it, my second thought was, and that is also a little creepy and a little weird. <laughs> and like a year, year and a half later, I'm sitting under a tree by on the beach on Camino Island in Washington. I was under a redwood. And next thing I know that I have this stuff happen and, and I was like, that is weird. 
in the Lori's life is a strange life that that's a whole chapter of it a whole chapter of weirdness and I after whatever happened was done I ran back to my house I ran down the beach I called I called my mentor and I was like uh what was that (laughs) and then I spent years refining it yeah it's the it's holding things lightly in our hand when we try to grasp it when we try to cling to it have you ever tried to cling to a relationship only to just watch it go away and sometimes things aren't meant to be forever right and sometimes things that are meant to be don't need to in fact almost every time things that are there for us good for us that things that serve us speaking of the Virgo moon things that serve our highest interest our best interest our overall mental wellness our overall physical health those things we hold lightly in our hands we don't have to hold them tightly right right so patrons we'll be doing your intentions in your episode the part two is patron only so guys if you want really good intention setting through the houses Make sure you join the Patreon. Everybody from the $5 tier up. Or actually, yeah, everybody from the $5 tier up gets that. Alrighty. I'm going to take a quick break. And then we're going to do some astrology Q&A. it's time for astrology Q&A. I love ending the podcast with some astrology Q&A. We're going to do, these are all submitted from patrons. If you're a patron, the googly form, the googly form with the podcast Q&A is linked up in your crunch report. So, hey, keep submitting your questions. There's no dumb questions except the questions you don't ask. And if you're not a patron, just understand that patrons sponsor the podcast. And uh, I get to the questions. I'm going through them. I've pared it down. There's not as many. And I do special patron-only podcast episodes as well answering some more of these questions because I I know you guys have been waiting and you're like, oh my God, Lori, come on. So this is from Katja. What kinds of things might you expect from your Venus return? What if Venus retrogrades back to the sign degree of your Venus return? Well, then in the first one where Venus went over the top wasn't the actual return. It's not the return until Venus or any other planet when when we're looking at returns makes that final connection sometimes you have just the one pass and that's the return 
and sometimes you have it touch your Venus or let's say, you know, it doesn't matter what planet, but uh, for looking at the return. So the planet makes an exact connection with your planet, your natal planet, then it retrogrades and then it moves back forward and that makes the Venus return or the return of the planet, that final chart. So what can you expect? It just depends. There's no just carbon copy answer. There's no just cut and dry answer. It really depends. What sign is the Venus in? What house is the Venus in? What other aspects are being made? So, you know, right now, people with Venus and Leo having their Venus return here in September of 2023, they're experiencing maybe some in having to make workarounds or, you know, because Venus is square Jupiter, which is forcing innovation. And there's probably some real magic happening too, if they, if they know how to look for it, but they might be a little frustrated because it, maybe it's not a straight path to getting what they want, but a Venus return tends to be a pretty decent day, depending on what else is going on. It does not mean you'll win the lottery. It does not mean you'll meet the guy or the girl or the them. It doesn't mean any of that. Okay. So it just depends. Now in astro energies readings, I'll look at a Venus return if it's coming up. Uh, same in the career life path readings. I'll look, I'll look at the returns a little bit. If it's up on deck within the time frame that we talk about in the reading. And of course, in year aheads, which by the way, year ahead readings are open. I'm not so tired now. I can see, right? It, it was killing me to do the longer readings because I was looking at so many charts and the screen time was just killing my eyes. I don't have that problem now that I've got everything sorted. Thank God. Um, so year aheads are open. And, uh, I sent out a coupon in the mailing list. So take advantage of that. You want to book out because I start filling up pretty hard October, November, December. So make sure you book your spot. But yeah, that's the, that's the Venus return. It tends to be a relatively pleasant day when you have the final return. All right. Maverick, what does it mean when Neptune is transiting one of your big six? Well, it means something different depending on what it's, it's transiting. So you can't just lump in your personal placements um, all into one meaning. So, um, if Neptune is crossing the ascendant, there tends to be, um, an enhanced sensitivity to energy. You might, um, find your intuition is really enhanced, or you might have a spiritual awakening, um, when, and that could be the square or the opposition as well. But when it's conjunct, it, it's a lot, not everybody experiences this. Okay. Not everybody experiences this. Neptune spends 14 years in a sign. So not everybody has Neptune cross their ascendant in their lifetime. Um, 
doesn't mean you're not special. If it doesn't, trust me, you get enough crossing your ascendant in a lifetime. It's just, just how it works. I'm just reporting the news. If Neptune's going over your sun, that might also, that might be an, um, an interesting time. There would be also maybe an expansion of your physical energy, or you might find out you're a little more sensitive to things at that time as well. Um, Neptune transiting, um, in any way, shape or form, your Mercury might enhance also your intuition. You might find that you're a little telepathic. And everybody always thinks telepathy is this like mind reading and you're like reading people's minds, like literally like you're reading a book. That's not it. You might just pick up other people's thoughts really easy. Um, the boundaries are lessened. Um, it also depends on the signs involved on really how that plays out. There's no one size fits all answer. You know, people are always looking for the neat and tidy bows and Maverick. I know like I, I finally, because I have the right prescription glasses can see when these questions were submitted. My God, you poor people have been so patient. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that before. Well, being able to see is so fun. Um, when Neptune is transiting your moon again, that's enhanced sensitivity. Um, you might be more emotional too, and you might pick up on other people's stuff. This is a really important time to learn how to shield when, uh, and this again is any aspect and remember aspects I'm looking at major, I don't bother with minor. And when Neptune is, um, transiting like your Venus, you could be really lucky. It's just like the universe keeps sending you gifts. Um, when it's transiting your Mars, it just depends on the sign, but you may, you may want to like lean in to taking action intuitively or contemplate it heavily before taking it. But yeah. Those questions were all submitted in May. My God, you poor people, you've been patient. You're like, she's never going to read my stuff. Um, let's see. Looking at another one. Looking at another one. Let's see. I think I answered that one. I haven't been, I've been trying to clean them up so we can open it up to more. You poor guys. Um, I answered that one too. Oh my goodness. All right. So Steve of Finland asks, I can only see decans used when talking about the sun or the ascendant. Do you use decans to enhance your interpretation of planets and natal readings? For instance, my Scorpio Pluto is in the Scorpio decan. In what ways would that differ to Scorpio Pluto in Pisces or Cancer decan? That's a really good question, Steve. Um, we use decans with all of the planets. Um, and so when we look at like Pluto in the Scorpio decan of Scorpio, that would be in the first 10 degrees. And so you're born, you know, like what, what 
when it was in Pisces in the mid degrees so from 10 degrees to um, 19 then you were looking at and if you look at that time period from about 10 degrees on there there was an The AIDS crisis was already done. You want to look at the history. Like when you're looking at an outer planet, I I wish we would have done like Mercury or an inner planet, but outer planets, you're carrying the weather of the time you were born, right? So it's a little different in the natal chart, but that it's anchored. And so Pluto in the Pisces decan of Scorpio, there might be something to do with, um, religion there might be something in faith-based ideals having to be transformed there might have been some health matters um there might have been uh, that needed to be transformed there, depending on the house placement you know but the the pluto in pisces i mean sorry pluto and scorpio in the pisces they can um Gosh, let me see what year that was, because I don't when what what year span that was. Let me let me take a look at that. I'm pretty sure I know, but remember, Pluto has a variable orbit, so we're looking at like 19, maybe 90. I have a funny feeling that Sinead O'Connor. Um, her pairing up the Pope's picture may have been during that time, but I want to take a look. 1991. Yeah, 1991. Yeah. So in 1990, at the end of, or like September of 1990, um, and in, and that means in 91, it was in the second decan which would be the Pisces decan of Scorpio. And so there was that. And then when you move into the mid nineties, um, let's say, let's see 93 when Pluto was at like 23 degrees. So we're looking from like 20 degrees to 29 degrees for the Pluto and cancer. Um, there were huge debates in the women's movement at that time. There was a pushback against first wave feminism. Um, a lot of Gen Xers who decided to have kids a little younger, like I decided to have kids in 93 and it was a choice. I exercised my choice. Um, and actually choice was a matter. You know, the, the abortion clinics were being bombed and things like that. There was kind of this need to transform what it, what it, women's issues or transform feminism was up on deck. Um, because people like me, who's a feminist, um, I didn't like the idea that the only way I could be equal was to throw my kid into daycare. Um, when I chose to have my child, and my child did not ask to be born to someone else and i wanted to be able to work and raise a family and the boomers 
um, <laughs> um, didn't agree and wouldn't listen to a younger generation saying, hey, we got thrown into daycare and school and we're left to raise ourselves. We don't want that for our kids. So that kind of stuff was changing. So I think it would be that need to transform maybe the feminine energy um, and, and or nurturing energy. I think nurturing is a better word than feminine because men can be as nurturing as women. I don't like to gender identify that. So that's kind of it when it comes into Pluto. But when we when we look at, you know, you're going to look at Mercury, you're going to look at, you know, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, everything you can look at in the decans. Now, like I taught in intermediate astrology, because interpretation is very, very important. Um, it's a top note. It is not the full driving force. It is still Pluto and Scorpio with a top note of Pisces, with a top note of Cancer, if that makes sense. That's a good question. Alrighty, let me double check and see what's going on here. Alright, I got time for one more question. see. Denise asks, when having a Mars return, what is the energy like? When having a Mars return, what is the energy like? Uh, again, just like the Venus question, it really, really depends. It depends on what aspects is the transit Mars making to the other transiting planets. What is your Mars doing in your natal chart? So, you know, if your Mars is trying, you know, Venus and Mars returns, that activates that trine very active, you know, super active, you know, supercharges it. Um, and then your Mars return, the best way to use that, it's not just what, you know, um, it's not about the energy itself of the return. It's like, how do you use that energy? And my suggestion for everybody is when you have your Mars return, be doing something you want to be doing a lot of in the next two years to set the energy. And um, back in 2014, my Mars return was going to happen during a time I was going to be on a road trip. And I was really excited about it because it was my first road trip in a really, really long time. And I miss the freedom of traveling. I have a Sag Mars. And so I made sure, actually, I made sure I planned that trip so that I would be on a road trip during the Mars return. I think if I had it at like a week earlier, I would have been at home and I would have been doing something else. But I did like over 150,000 miles of road in the two years that that Mars return stood. And remember, you have a Mars return about every two years. So, and I was very happy with all those miles, by the way. I loved it. I loved that a lot. Um, my Mars return is coming up in November and hopefully, hopefully I'm publishing things. That was a Malcolm shake. All right, I'll answer more questions for patrons in the patron-only podcast. All right, I've paired the question. We're down under 40 questions, patrons, so start submitting. I'll be answering them a whole lot more and in patron-only podcasts. 
If you aren't a patron, I really encourage you to join. You, you can join at a dollar and you get you get the pleasure of supporting us. But if you join at the $5 and up tiers, you get all kinds of benefits and perks, including the crunch reports. We have a horoscope tier where you get a monthly planner with weekly pages with your weekly horoscope coming out for your rising sign. Crunch reports aren't really a horoscope. They just describe the energy for the signs for the week, or sorry, for every couple of days with lunations. Um, you get juicy discounts, for God's sake. Uh, Planet of the Month Club. We just did our Chiron workshop. I'll get that up hopefully tomorrow for you, or Monday or Tuesday for you in Planet of the Month. I always say tomorrow, but it's like almost 3 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. Um, so getting you guys that information is so important to me. Um, we looked at Chiron. We debunked the myths. We went over people's questions, ahas, and understandings. And uh, we've got all kinds of good stuff happening. So join us. Join us in the Patreon. With The more people who join, the better. And we can get fancier and fancier. My next wish is to build myself a little recording booth so I get some nice dead air because I do not want to record in my closet. I just don't. It's stuffy in there. Okay. So I almost ended the podcast without telling you about the cards, the call of Gaia, which is an esoteric astrology learning tool. It comes with a beautiful set of cards, a guidebook with interpretations and instructions and a game board with the birthing tree. And imagine a tree house with 12 rooms. And um, it just shows the different aspects of yourself energetically and how you come into being to serve here on the planet as in part of the great experiment. And that it's not a punishment. We're all part of this. There's no getting it wrong. I, I think we need new mythology. So I've been working on this idea in my head for like 20 years. And Taryn Dufault rendered the artwork just beautifully. And we finally got a prototype that we like. <laughs> finally, it was, a, this has been a Goldilocks process. <laughs> this has been like, oh, we like the size of the cards, but the paper's too thin. And well, the box was really cool, but man, that company didn't package it very well. <laughs> so, and we really like the board, but it can't be this, you know, and trying to keep the cost down. So it doesn't have to cost a jillion dollars and, and still be good quality. And oh my gosh, it's been a process. So I should be ordering the first hundred copies and working on the website and, and the, the, it's coming guys. It's real. We're trying and I'm trying my damnedest to have this ready to really kind of put out there in October. And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. I am excited about it. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I've got some wild and wacky ideas for the website. We're going to see if I can pull it off or not. Fingers crossed, my friends. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I promised I'd talk about that. I almost put the podcast out. I forgot about it. 
Um, but remember, I just finished up the patron only podcast and did the new moon intentions. So after listening to this, um, I'll, I'll have that time to go out a little bit later in the day. It is 4, 4, 4 a.m. This is much later than I normally wind up this podcast. Um, but hey, Mercury's retrograde, but only until the Friday only until the 15th and then it's stations and we'll be in direct motion again. So revise your projects, pick up the loose ends, dot your I's, cross your T's, take deep breaths and sing a song this week. Use your creativity to help ease and soothe yourself and make some magic with that new moon in Virgo on the 14th. I'm Lori Rivers. Thank you for listening. Thank you, my friends. And uh, I'll be talking to you next week about the equinox and (laughs) some of the wild stuff we get to look forward to with that.